0: Someone was, <laughs> Grunge Smurf says, Todd, just buy some Genko jeans. Genco. You remember those? No. You remember back in the mid-90s, like the huge parachute? Each leg was like a gigantic parachute. Oh, my God. You have Vaguely. to search Genco, Vaguely. J-N-C-O. Okay. That was it. back in I'm the on. day. Genco's coming back. Todd's going to start the trend. <laughs> if you're looking to restart a trend, I don't think I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Andrew, I am excited about our topics for today. Are you? Because it's the next generation of something that I'm already excited about using. Ooh, I don't even know which one that is. Facebook announced the next Oculus device that yes. blends the the features of the Oculus Rift and the Oculus Go. And I'm a big Oculus, Oculus Go fan. Oculus
0: Go is like like your, basically your favorite tech of the past year.
1: It yeah, seems like. I, it's really hit the mainstream for me. So we'll talk about that coming up. Plus, we will go hands-on mm-hmm. with your new Apple Watch. Wrist on. Series four. And
0: iPhone 10S Max.
1: 10 S Max. Oh that's
0: the max. This is the max.
1: Okay, so we're gonna be talking about that coming up in the second segment, and we will recap and do kind of a week later analysis of the big Amazon Alexa announcements. That's right. I have some thoughts, especially on that microwave. Okay, I can't that's a great teaser, and you haven't even told me what your thoughts are. No,
0: but I but they're not positive.
1: They're not that. Okay. All right, stick around. It sounds like Andrew may have a rant in the works. A little bit. Hey, a big thanks to National Car Rental for making Geared Up possible. We will have the National Car Rental story of the week coming up later on in the show. Yes. But first, let's dive in. What with...
0: story numero uno?
1: Shout out to my boy, John Prosser. <laughs> story number one is Oculus Quest. Oculus Quest. This is a new device that was just announced this week by, by Facebook and Oculus its virtual reality company. It's going to sell for $399. This was announced at the Oculus Connect 5 keynote. And really, it is something that's going to be in between the Oculus Go and the Oculus Rift. This is a device that will have the ability to track your motion and know where you are in 3D space. Explain the significance of that, Andrew, because I know it's a big deal for you.
0: Yeah, it is a big deal for me. So a lot of people see the headsets that people wear, right? You you have a VR headset on, but they're not all built the same as far as moving around goes. So the vast majority of them, you put a headset on and you have either your smartphone in there or just some sort of integrated screen and you're looking and you can see what it wants to show you. So let's say, let's say the scene is a movie theater and like you're sitting in a movie theater seat and you have a big screen in front of you, right? Right. Well, if you turn your head or you start walking around, that same scene is kind of static. Right. It sticks
1: with you. It's as if you were standing in the same place, but just moving around in
0: 360 degrees. So what six degrees of freedom means, which is what this offers, is if you're in that same movie theater scene, if you look to your left, the screen goes away because it's as if – it it mimics what you, what you would see in real life. So if you turn, you see the side of the movie theater. If you look up, you see the ceiling. If you look down, you see your feet. And then if you walk around. If you get up and walk around, you can leave your row. It knows where you're going.
1: Yeah. And they say that it's arena scale tracking, and it then supports at least 400 square feet of space. So that's a pretty sizable mm, room. So, big, so yeah. you're thinking, yeah, basically 40 feet by 40 feet. So that, that is a, a pretty sizable room. That's
0: interesting. 20 feet by 20 feet. But, thank 20, you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. What's odd though is with that much space, right? When we, when you look at Apple and their AR stuff yep. and the multiplayer AR, what's cool about multiplayer AR is you have a big space, but you can actually see where you're going because you're not covering up your eyes with a headset. In 20 by 20 space, why would you want to walk around when you can't really see? You, you know what I mean? It's, that's, right. that's a weirder, I mean, it's nice that it's that big, but like, what are you gonna? How are you gonna use that? Yes, absolutely. Well, the other thing that we should note about this is the
1: the fundamental features are it's untethered, so you do not have to be connected to a computer. Yes. So in that way, it's like the Oculus Go. Mm-hmm. Also, you don't have to put a smartphone in, so it's yes. like the Oculus Go in that way. So it's not something like the Gear VR where you have to put a Galaxy right. phone in there, which is a total pain in the butt. And it has some of the same features of the Rift, and they're promising to bring more PC games to this new really? device. Yes, to the o- Oculus like how Quest. How powerful is this thing? That's one thing. They did not announce the specs. Oof. So they they did say that the resolution of the screen is the same as the Oculus Go, so okay. 1600 by 1440 per eye. Okay. Apparently, it's going to have better specs and run games and all sorts of programs, on a level that's closer to the Oculus Rift. Okay, not bad. And it's going
0: to work with the Oculus Touch controllers, or a version of the Oculus Touch controllers. So that's cool. Now, didn't you mention that someone announced that this is the final headset in this generation? It is. So Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook CEO, got up there and talked
1: about this device, which clearly indicates its significance. This is not just something that's only important to Oculus. It's Mm -hmm. important to Facebook. And he did say this essentially rounds out this generation of Oculus devices. And what's interesting about that, and by the way, the Quest 399, it's going to come out in, in the spring of okay. 2019. Oh, weird. That's, yeah, a, that's, so, a,
0: that's a long pre-announcement. Yeah, so this is not a holiday
1: device. Yeah. But the interesting question that comes up out of that is, okay, if this is the last in this generation, mm-hmm. what's the next generation? What comes next for Oculus? And they previewed that a little bit with one of the demos they did of the Quest, which was an augmented reality demo in a workspace. Okay. And you can see where Oculus might be in a better position to get into augmented reality more gradually compared to people who just started there, like Microsoft with the HoloLens or Magic Leap with their device starting off in augmented reality. Because they've built the big user base, they've built the name recognition, they mm-hmm. have the developers, they have the software, the platform, and now they can use that as a yeah. jumping off point into augmented reality. I wonder what that means. Does VR kind of start to fade away think, and we just go into AR? Or I think you're going to see a variety of experiences. And for people who haven't tried it, augmented reality, I think the most simple thing we can point to is something like Pokemon Go, where you're yes. out in the real world right. and you actually ex- essentially have... Digital things on your phone that are interacting and over, yeah, Yeah. overlaying. And obviously, we've seen it in the AR kit from the iPhone, and Mm -hmm. and I think you're going to see, personally, a blend of different experiences that, in some cases, are completely occluded, and in other cases, are essentially transparent to the rest of the world around you. And I think that's where the six degrees of freedom starts to get really interesting, right? Yes. Because if you yes. can, if you can walk around a space and also see where you're going. There was a really
0: cool demo that a, a, uh, a developer made last year where you are walking around the room and you can see everything as if you're in the room, but they made a doorway, an AR doorway that you can see like just in the middle of the room. But if you walked through the AR doorway, you actually enter into a totally different version of the room where the room is now like cell shaded. Huh. And then that doorway, if you peer through the doorway, you see the regular looking room.
1: Whoa. And then, you okay. w- yeah,
0: it, it's, it was amazing. And that might be a mixture of, of, of VR and AR. You walk through the door yeah. and all of a sudden everything is changed, but you can still see out the door and walk through. Yes. It was amazing.
1: Well, it makes me think back to that first demo that I ever got of the Microsoft HoloLens, which was when they announced it like, gosh, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. They had a Minecraft scene, essentially. They did? Where, yeah. wow. where you walked, oh, yeah. yeah, you walked through the room. And to me, that was frankly much more mind blowing than anything I've seen in Oculus Go. Even though I love the Oculus Go, you could basically walk over to the edge of the room and knock through a wall and then peer down, you know, and it, it was right. all virtual, but it was, overlaying the real world, it's powerful. It's really powerful, even with what was then and still is a pretty limited field of view in the HoloLens. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know what I was thinking? Like, Obviously, this has nothing to do with the this announcement, but remember the big cell phones like 20 years ago? The big, bulky phones, right? Yes. Back then, you would never think that we would have something this small and thin right. that you can talk to someone face-to-face anywhere in the world just in your hand. I'm wondering... 20 years from now, what are these big, bulky headsets that we make fun of today going to look like? Right. They're going to be glasses, right? That's that's amazing.
1: And you're going to look back and you're going to say, Google's Project Glass, maybe that was on the right track. And Mm -hmm. that is the other thing. I think you're definitely on the right path there because clearly
0: these devices have to become easier to wear. Yeah. They if if you Easier have on, cooler like yeah. you kind of feel nerdy putting on an AR headset yeah
1: I, my big thing is i don't understand why this hasn't become more mainstream with the release of the Oculus Go and the Lenovo mm-hmm. dream what is it
0: i forget yes <laughs> i forget the and thing. the, and the <laughs> Lenovo
1: device that all, that does have the 6 degrees of yeah. freedom um
0: and and does have that capability you know that I can tell you wh- why i think what yeah why ar and vr are the kinds of things that no one can explain to you and we and we saw that before we started the show we were watching the the preview video the teaser video right from from oculus they didn't even show the thing because you can't it's hard to tell somebody what vr is it's that's one of those things you have to like experience yeah and so i think it's something where if you didn't if you don't try it out why would you buy it yeah i'm looking
1: at it it's the it's the Lenovo mirage Lenovo mirage yes. yeah and that and the oculus go i thought we're going to bring this into the mainstream and to your point they're they just haven't gotten there yet. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of reception the Oculus Quest gets and if that advances it any further. $399, I have a hunch that'll be the starting price. Are you buying one? Oh, now that, you always ask me that I question, I always ask you that.
0: And I feel like the answer to this one is going to be yes. Yeah,
1: I think so. In fact, I might. Yes. I, this, I am, I've become a bit of, uh, an Oculus. I don't want to say fan because I, we do have to cover them, but yeah. I do like what they're doing. And I really like the way they've democratized this and made it something that like I, I took the Oculus go to Thanksgiving or like, gosh, where was it last year? Like I took it to my parents' place. Okay. Uh, and, and my mom
0: and dad. They had you know, a good time. Yeah. They were like, whoa, this is cool. Okay. Question. Yes. To close out this segment. How do you feel about the fact that this is a Facebook product as far as privacy goes? Uh, I, I will tell you, the
1: setup for the Oculus Go was eerie in that regard, in that, if I recall correctly, it defaulted to making a good portion of your activity public to your Facebook friends. Okay. And not that I'm doing anything on the Oculus Go that I would want to hide, but I also just don't like the concept of somebody being able to peer into mm-hmm. my daily life. Who knows what the consequences might right. be? And and I, it, it wasn't that extreme. So to answer your question, uh, I'm not super comfortable with it, but as long as I think I'm aware of it as a user, other people are aware of it as people using the Oculus products and take steps to, change their settings, mm-hmm. I do think Facebook should make the default as locked down as possible.
0: And I'm surprised that that wasn't the case. But what about, aside from that portion, what about the fact that it's just Facebook getting your data? That Does, does it bother you? Because like no. the Lenovo Mirage, Lenovo was not getting your data. Out. No,
1: I, I think that there's enough benefit. In other words, some of the cool things are the ability to do remote communication with other Oculus users. And I think there's enough benefit in the fact that they have the network, they brought the network together and They've got to be compensated for what they do somehow. And, and the compensation we've chosen as a society and they've chosen as a business is that they get our personal information and they are able to use that to deliver targeted ads to us. So Fair enough. All right. That is the new Oculus Quest. We will have more on that on future shows, and I'm sure we'll have a hands-on yeah. when it comes out next spring. It's $3.99, just announced. Coming up next, we will go hands-on. With the latest from Apple, Andrew's got it on his wrist. We'll do that coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop.
0: I'm Andrew Edwards. Andrew, this is the National Car Rental Story of the Week. That's correct. Geared Up up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. I don't know how many of you know this, but Andrew has another show. He's been moonlighting on Geared Up. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Technically Speaking, and it is done through National Car Rental. Yeah, so National Car Rental is a obviously a car rental company, and most people rent cars when they're traveling. So my show, Technically Speaking, is all about the best tech and gear that you should take with you if you're traveling for business or even for personal use.
1: You can find Technically Speaking at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent or nationalcar.com. Just look for the control center there. And that's it. It's a great show, and you should check it out. We were just talking about stuff you're gonna feature. That's right. Coming Come the next up. series, yes. All right, good. So check that out. And a big thanks to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. Yes. All right. Tell us about
0: the Apple Watch Series 4. You've, Apple Watch Series 4. Okay. You got it on your wrist. I have. I do, yeah. I've been using this for roughly six days or so. Um and you know what? It is a big upgrade. Like it's it's one of those upgrades that makes you realize how not good that might that might be too that might be too harsh but just how much worse things were before it's almost like okay this is the fourth apple watch and i it's easy to liken it to the iphone the first iphone didn't even have 3g in it it was just let's just get this out the door let's get the iphone out there was no app store or anything like that um a year later iPhone 3G just adds in 3G, and it's just a little bit faster, but it has the App Store now. So the App Store was the big deal. iPhone 3GS looked exactly the same as the 3G, just faster. And then the iPhone 4, that's really kind of where I think Apple stepped up its game, both from a design perspective, the first Retina display, the first stainless steel iPhone, dual glass. And this is kind of the same way. This is the first time they've redesigned the Apple Watch. And it's not just the look of the watch, but the function and the bigger display and the battery. It's just, it's all crazy. It's ridiculous.
1: Okay, so let's talk that through, starting with the last point, the battery. Battery. How often would you have had to have charged prior versions of the Apple Watch,
0: and how often do you have to charge this? The first Apple Watch, you had to charge nightly. Like, no matter what, just charge it nightly or it's not going to last. Um, the previous one, Series 3, did last about, I would say, a day and a half. So even if you forgot to charge it at night, you would still get through maybe half the day the next day and you'd be cool. Um, this one I have been wearing today for about five hours and I have 91% battery mm. left. So that's tremendous. It's, that's going to last you two days. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting though, I just found out yesterday the battery in the series four is smaller mm. than the battery in the series three. It's, it's less milliamp hours. So Apple has optimized the software in such a way that you're getting a bigger dis- bigger display, so more pixels, a thinner watch, a smaller battery, and yet it'll last you, you know, roughly thirty hours. Got it. So do you get an Apple Watch with three G or wireless capability in there? Four G? Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: So what actually what kind of connectivity is it? Is it LTE? It,
0: it's LTE. Okay. Yeah. So you have to pay it's roughly ten dollars per month, at least here in the United States. Um for all four carriers it's like a $10 per month add-on and I do get that it's not something I use all that often because I typically have my phone on me anyway so if you didn't have the cellular watch it would just go through your phone to get it it's its, uh, it's connection so it will work the same way but if your phone is away from you that's where the benefit comes in because you can still, you know, take phone calls, stream music and things like that. And I usually have my phone with me anyway, so it's not something I use all that often. But it is, I think, a nice to have, especially if you're like a runner or someone who, you know, you just have to leave your phone away. Um, I know some people who at work, they can't have their phones on them, but they can have their Apple Watch. They can still kind of just get, you know, messages and things like that. So... Apple did a really good job, I think, with the, the series four. So the bezels are basically very thin. Yeah. Like if you look at this, like you can't even really see where the bezel is. In the previous one, they made, they made use of the black background to hide the bezel because there was a much thicker bezel. But on the new one, a lot of the, the new, um, watch faces actually go edge to edge and kind of show off the fact that the bezel is no longer there, which they would not have done mm. on the previous watches because it would be a clear giveaway right. that the screen isn't as big as it looks.
1: So these start at 399 Yes. For somebody who has a Series 3,
0: is it worth it? I would say this generation in particular, um, it is a decent upgrade regardless of which one you have. And again, going back to the iPhone 4, I would say even if you had a 3GS, the iPhone 4 is a big enough jump that it's worth, you know, upgrading for. Um, You know, Series 1 to 2 was a good upgrade. Series 2 to 3 was like, there's not really much need. Unless you need the LTE, there's not really much to upgrade for. But this one, again, it's just a big leap. Like, I keep finding things that impress me about the current generation watch. Um, Phone calls are so much clearer. Like, they mentioned they moved the microphone from the left to the right. And I'm thinking, okay, that's like one and a half inches away. So is it really a big difference going from one side to the other side? But it is because the speaker's on one side and then the microphone's on the other side. So the microphone's not causing that echo anymore. The walkie-talkie feature works pretty well, um, especially Series 4 to Series 4 watches. Um, so yeah, good job on Apple all around, in particular on the Apple Watch. Apps work better. It's so much faster now. Um, previous Apple Watches, Series 3 was okay, but Series 1 and 2 were just, slow as hell. So is this a must-have, though? A must-have? No, I wouldn't say it's a must-have. It's more like today, smartphones are a must-have, right? Maybe five to eight years ago, smartphones were more of a luxury, and now they've become just a ubiquitous thing. I don't think we're there yet with a watch. It's not a must-have, but if you get one and you start using it, you will quickly feel like something's missing, And you're less productive without it or you just have less options. And the other thing, though, is it keeps you from picking up your phone all the time. Like if you get a notification, you just get tapped here. You're like, what was that? Okay, I don't need to deal with that right now. Whereas if it's your phone or at least with me, if my phone buzzes and I don't have the watch on, I I need to see what that was. What was that? And then, oh, okay, just a text message, reply real quick. Eh, What's going on on Facebook? What's going on on, you know, and it just go down a rabbit hole.
1: So one of the reasons I ask is we had a very similar conversation about the AirPods. I was a late Mm. adopter on the AirPods, and obviously the AirPods tie into the Apple Watch because you can use them in conjunction with the watch to to make calls and listen to music, even if your phone isn't around. I was very skeptical of the AirPods. Like, why do I need that? And now, if I ever misplace my AirPods briefly, I've never lost them completely. If I have to go back to wired air earbuds, earbuds, yeah, headphones, it's, it's 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 like what the heck! I can't believe what are these things like yeah. dangling and Isn't like I've weird? got to like tether them to my phone, right? And I can't set it on the other side of the room and leave mm-hmm. the phone charging and do the dishes and listen to at any yeah. rate. It's I, I so I think so how the would watch you, may be
0: something similar. I so, I might not just fully recognize right. how much I really need it. So would you then say because I would say as much as I love AirPods and AirPods are always in my pocket because they're so small they're just. I just take them with me everywhere I go. My answer, though, would not be that AirPods are essential to have. They are nice to have. They're not, you know, you asked me, is the watch essential? But would you say AirPods would fall into the mm, essential category? No, they, they fall into the, I, I really, really want these. Yeah. And so that's, that's the watch for me. It's not something that is necessary, but Apple has done enough upgrades to make it a really nice convenience. Got it. Okay. Hey,
1: I am really interested in the watch, but I'm just as interested in the phone sitting next to you okay. right there. So that is the new iPhone, it's iPhone 10s Max. Yes. And so Brand this new. is the 6.5 inch screen. Yes. I'm. I've got my. It's nice. Prior generation iPhone 10 sitting here next to it. We can turn it around for the folks watching on the live stream. Bam. So that's a 10 next to a 10s Max. Yeah. And I the the, the Max is giant. Yet, I mean, look at that display. I, I think it's probably more along the lines of the
0: full hardware size of the iPhone. Yes. 8 Plus. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So just take an 8 Plus, get rid of the forehead and chin, which is the top bezel and the bottom bezel, and thin out the side bezel a little bit, and you've got a 10S Max. Top three impressions on this one. Um, number one impression, gonna go same thing with the, with the watch to the phone. The battery life is ridiculous. Let me tell you my battery life on my phone right now. I don't know how long your battery lasts. This has been off of the charger for about five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And? And my battery life as of right now is 91%. Okay. And
1: see, comparable for me on the iPhone 10 it's been since this morning, 73%.
0: Okay. so Which is more normal. Yeah. Like I could not believe um the first day that I got this, I charged it full and then I had to travel. And so it was um, It was getting in an Uber. And when I'm in the Uber to the airport, which is about a 40-minute ride from my home, I'm just on my phone the whole time, riding on the airplane. Obviously, I'm just going to – what else is there to do? I'm going to use my phone. Um, and basically, I, I got to the point where when I hit 16% battery life, I had been using the phone for 10 hours. Whoa. 10 hours, and I still had – Sixteen percent battery life, and then it offers. Do you want to go into low power mode, which gives you another two hours at um twenty percent anyway? So I could have used this for twelve hours. Mm. I'm just shocked. So that's number one. The battery life on on the 10s Max is impeccable. Number two is the speed. Everything like the new chip, but the speed is going to be the same on the 10s Max as it would be on the 10s. It has the same processor, and even on the 10R. Um, but it's just. It's just fast. Everything. Snappy, fast, quick. It's been my one of my main complaints with iOS devices since iOS seven is just the stuttering and the sometimes it's fast, but sometimes it feels like it's it's caught up a little bit and then it catches back up to itself. Now that I mean that's that's all gone. And then the size, the screen size. That's the other like if if we're doing top three, the bigger display. So I was actually not sure how I'd feel about the bigger display because with my 8 Plus, 7 Plus, 6 Plus. I wanted the bigger phone because Apple typically added an extra feature to the camera. Portrait mode. Portrait mode or you know, optical image stabilization, things like that. So it was like, okay, if I want those camera features, I have to buy the Plus phone. But I never felt comfortable with those phones in my hand. I felt like they were too big. The bezels were way too big. So I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to get the 10s Max because that's the new thing and that's going to be what people want to hear about. But will I decide personally to settle to a, just a 10s? And the fact that the bezels are gone and it's just all screen actually makes this more comfortable to use mm. than like an 8 Plus model. How How is it in your pocket? It feels the same in the pocket as the other Plus phones do because it's, it's almost – it's very similar yeah. in size. It's a little much for me. But, I mean, w- what's up with your pockets? Pocket? You, you, are your pants tight? <laughs> Maybe. <Tighty>. Lucky brand. Lucky. <laughs> we were Lucky talking brand about that's a whole other topic. But um no, like it's a great it's a great device. Like a lot of people say the the S upgrades they always refer this is an S upgrade so it's not really that big of a deal. And I usually feel the opposite. The S upgrades are Apple's best design with Apple's best specs. Last year was the Apple's new design, but the XS destroys the 10 the camera oh that's the other thing if we get number four we just throw number four in there the camera is crazy high res well, well i mean it's high res yes but apple didn't even announce the fact that they increased the sensor size by 30 percent, which means the phone can take in 50 percent more light it's a little bit of a wider angle which is good because when you have a samsung phone and you're taking pictures and you take an iphone the iphone can't fit as much into the frame as a Samsung phone does, because the Samsung phones have a little bit of a wider angle. Now Apple has widened the angle a little bit. And then the Smart HDR feature, which is basically, you open the camera, right? And it is constantly taking photos, even though you're not pressing the button. Just in the background, it's taking four photos a second. And then when you hit the shutter, it saves the four photos, plus the one you just took, and it's taking over overexposed underexposed and like everywhere in between it just optimizes it puts them all together to create the best photo
1: can you think of anything negative to say about this phone
0: negative is i mean for for a lot of people number one the price this is a 512 gigabyte model this is one thousand four hundred forty nine dollars for a phone for a phone Number one, that's, I mean, that's out of a lot of people's leagues for a phone, right? That's Even if you want 64 that's gigs.
1: A, that's like a monthly rent or yeah. a mortgage payment. I mean, that's. I understand.
0: That's, Even if you want a 64 gigs, that's ten ninety nine oh, plus man. tax. Now, most people aren't, I assume, buying them outright. They're doing those two year right. payoff plans Which or is they're doing the annual upgrade plan. Deceiving because you're still paying. You're, you're still, still paying. paying, but you're not paying like upfront. You're paying like 30 bucks a month. Um, so that, that would be number one. Number two, a lot of people, I think this is a big phone, and a lot of people are just gonna be like, that's too big, but then you have the 10S. Um, I think the sleeper hit though is gonna be the 10R. That's gonna be the phone. That phone is gonna sell more than a 10S and 10S Max combined, in my own opinion. And that's the cheaper phone that comes out next month? Yeah, it comes out next month. It has it has almost feature for feature parity with the 10s, with the exception of a lower resolution L C D display and one camera instead of two and a couple of the portrait mode effects it can't do, but pretty much everything else, the 10R is going to be able to do for $250 less than these other phones. So that might be the one to get. Um someone asked earlier about the the Hermes. I don't know if I'm saying this properly. We'll figure it out. Hermes, Hermes, whatever it is. Hermes, thanks, Claire. Um, she, she told me, she corrected me and then said, I don't know. Um, (laughs) but it's the same watch. It's the same watch that you would get from the Apple store with the exception of you have the brand inscribed into the metal of the watch. You get some watch bands that are also, also have the inscription. You get the exclusive Hermes shade of orange. Do you know they had this? No. You know, Tiffany blue? Yeah. Like Tiffany has like, they own that shade of blue. Hermes has their own shade of orange. Obviously, I'm a big fan of orange. And so I was like, let me just, let me just try this other one. Let's just see. So I went to the Hermes store. Oh, and by the way, that was my secret to getting the Apple Watch on day one. Everybody's at the Apple store, right? Lined up. They have very few watches. They sell out immediately. I'm like, I'm going to go to the Hermes store. Not one person in line. I just stroll in. I'd like a new Apple Watch. Here you go. Which one? Nice. Yeah. Nice. That was my secret. Perfect. To getting to watch day one.
1: All right. So that is a rundown of the new Apple Watch Series 4 and the new iPhone XS Max. Yes. I'm finally getting these names. You're the, names getting are it, st- yeah. the names are still tripping me up a and little so bit. And so you're not doing any upgrading, though? N- not at all. You're not even going to get the no. new watch. No, I'm not going to get the watch. I'm not going to get the phone. I have what I need. I'm going to upgrade to,
0: to the, to iOS 12, beyond the beta? Are you scared beta? of the watch? Are you scared of the watch, though? Are I, you scared I, that you get the watch and then you're going to like it, just like you didn't want to get the AirPods? Do you think the watch might become the AirPod effect and you don't want poss- that to happen? Possibly. Mm. I also just, I I mean, I, that's a lot of money. I mean, I mean it's 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah
1: it so. is a lot of money. All right, so we are going to come back with Andrews Week later, thoughts <laughs> on the new Alexa microwave. He's got yeah. a lot to say, and I don't think it's positive. Mm. Stick around for that coming up on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. So Andrew, I was out of town for this event last week. You the, were, yes. I, the Amazon event, yep. which I guess is becoming an, an annual thing where they unveil their new line of Alexa devices. Yep. For the upcoming holidays, essentially, yeah,
0: this year was in the spheres. It was it the Amazon spheres? Yeah, your first time inside? Yes, it felt very warm and humid, like you're in a, a jungle. Yes, like crazy. Have you been in there? I, I've mm. been a little crazy. Actually, you know what? I've not been in there. Yeah, it's not yet. It's, it's weird.
1: This is the new landmark in downtown Seattle. At any rate, last year it was in a kitchen in an yep. Amazon skyscraper. This year it was in the spheres, this uh, sort of greenhouses that they have. They announced a series of devices, lots of different things. But Mm -hmm. I think maybe the headliner, just simply because it was such a novelty, is that there is now a new Alexa-enabled, voice-controlled microwave. Yeah. So is this a device that has Alexa inside it? No. It's a device that works in conjunction with something like an Echo speaker. As ridiculous as that sounds, yes. So tell us about this device, and I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. Well, first of all,
0: they announced the price, which is like, what is it, $60? $60. $60. Yes. Now $60 for a microwave that at first glance has Alexa built in. I, w- I was like, ooh, 60 I think I'm going to buy this. And then you see it. Cause then, you know, they announce everything and then they take you to the demo areas. So you can actually see it. So the first thing you walk in and you're like, where's the microwave? Like, oh, it's right there. And it's the size of a microwave you'd buy for like your dorm room. <laughs> okay, so it only fits like a bowl of cereal. Not, not you're gonna microwave a bowl of cereal, but like oatmeal. You're not putting a lot of stuff in this microwave. It's small. Second of all, you're like, all right, maybe I can, maybe maybe I can forgive the size. Show me how it works. So I'm like, okay, just put something in there, Alexa, cook cook this. No, why isn't it why isn't it listening? And then Alexa answers from like across the room. Like, wait a minute. Why is Why is Alexa answering from over there? Like, I thought this was an Alexa microwave. Well, no. You put something in the microwave, and you have to have an Alexa device to talk to the Alexa device, which will then communicate to the microwave what it needs to do. So, $60 does not give you a voice-controlled microwave because you still need to spend the money on, at the very least, an Echo Dot. Now, Now prices are starting to go up. Now, I don't know why I'm so sensitive about this pricing because this is pretty cheap compared to an Apple Watch or an iPhone XS Max, but it just felt like a little bit of a bait and switch. Now, it is cool that you can take a potato, put it in the microwave, and the, the reason I say potato is because this is a demo they kept doing over and over as people were coming by. Show me the microwave. Well, take this potato, he put it in there, <laughs> close the door, and then he walks over to the <laughs> Alexa, cook this potato, and then it's set you know six minutes and 34 seconds for the potato so, so.
1: How, did it just have an automated time that every knows, potato is cooked out or did it know the weight i
0: think it's just here's our here's our potato time it's the, not just here not just the time <laughs> claire's enjoying that one but not just the time i think it's more like if you're going to cook a potato it's going to take six minutes and 34 seconds but it also knows like to cook it at like you know, 80% power versus 100% yeah. power, whatever it is. So the Alexa service in the background, not the microwave itself, knows different things that you're going to microwave. So you can put in a coffee and say, reheat my coffee. And it'll know, okay, here's the – it probably has a temperature sensor. Here's what the coffee's temperature is now. So let's reheat it until it's back to where it needs to be. So it's a
1: $60 microwave, and it is – to, to your point on the size, it is 0.7 cubic feet.
0: Okay, what's normal.
1: So I was just searching on the Target site okay. to try and get a little bit of a reference there. So you can get, for example, a similarly sized 0.7 cubic feet Black & Decker microwave for $65. Mm-hmm. You can get a 0.9 cubic feet Black & Decker for $75. You can get an Oster 1.1 cubic feet, so a pretty big microwave compared okay. to the one that Amazon came out with for $70. So it's in the range. It's in the range, but why? Why didn't they make it a little bit bigger?
0: Yeah, it it just it doesn't. So you know the um, you know a lot of homes that are built these days they have the the oven yep. stove and then they have like the range microwave above yep. that. This is not going to fit in that area. It's way too, too small. small. For more that. more so, of a dorm room kind of. Yeah. So it's like who is the customer you're targeting with this? Because and I don't know the answer to that because most families that own homes, this is not going to fit where you typically put your microwave.
1: Let me say this though. There was one cool aspect of this microwave that was foreshadowed on last week's geared up. That's correct. By someone in the video stream chat on yes. YouTube. Yes. Who said, wait a second, could it reorder things for you? Right. And I pointed out, whoa, yes, there is this service called the Amazon dash dash replenishment service. Yes. And it does that sort of thing. It can sense in a variety of ways when you might be low on things like laundry detergent, or coffee pods.
0: And they announced with this microwave... Yes, they announced that the microwave works with the Amazon Dash Replenishment Service specifically for popcorn. (laughs) Of course. So, um, (laughs) here's how I assume it works. You order popcorn from Amazon, and let's just say it's a 10-pack of microwavable popcorn. When the microwave has popped eight bags of popcorn, it will know you're running low and will automatically ship you your next package of popcorn.
1: See, this to me is the most interesting thing about this microwave because it speaks to Amazon's ambitions long-term to just automate everything Mm -hmm. with your approval, but to make it truly seamless for you to spend as much
0: money as possible right. on amazon.com.
1: This is the future.
0: That's it. Yeah, like can you <laughs> you can imagine like an Amazon washing machine that automatically orders your oh, yeah. laundry detergent and um even like a stove or like, like just things like that. Kitchen appliances where that specifically have a tie in to a product. It's almost like where's where's the Amazon printer that automatically just sends you oh, your ink? Like right. where's that?
1: Well, there are printers in that dash replenishment okay. service
0: from third party
1: like Epson and HP and that sort of thing. But think about this. What about a washing machine mm-hmm. that detected when it needed service and used mm-hmm. Amazon's home yep. services feature right. to schedule a repair person to come out and fix it. Yeah, That kind of thing is where I think we're headed. It's not just products, it's the everything they sell. They are the everything store, right. and that is where they're headed, and I think this is fascinating for that reason, even mm-hmm. if I would now regret the fact And I do regret the fact that I bought this microwave. He bought the microwave. (laughs) He bought the microwave. Why do you only buy the uncool stuff?
0: (laughs) It's a microwave. The microwave costs like half of the AirPods. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right.
1: Hey, that is it for Geared Up this week. For much more of the show, you can go to geekwire.com slash geared up and see archives there. Don't forget to subscribe
0: to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really helps people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more from us at GeekWire.com. Claire McGrain
1: produces the show. Thank goodness Claire was back this week. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We'll talk to you next time on Geared Up.